We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash hack it out. Just go to Indeed.com slash hack it out right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash hack it out. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to the Hack It Out podcast with myself, Mark Crossfield, Lou Stagner, and Scott Fawcett. We're going to do a review of 2021 golf-related. We're going to talk about our major predictions, maybe talk a little bit of Ryder Cup, and we're going to kick it off a little bit with talking Tiger, and if he'll be back from his back surgery, should be a fun one. Lou and Scott, how are you both doing? We're going to do a review of the year. Are you ready for this? We are ready. Ready. Lovely, Scott. Scott, you've got all your predictions ready, I'm sure. Let's kick it uh, off with uh, the Tiger back injury. So I think it was the, what I was reading reports. The 23rd of December, he went in to have another back operation. He was up walking the very next day, I think Rory was reported saying recently. Um, are we going to see Tiger competing in the majors, all four of them, this year? What do you reckon? Uh, I think so. I think he'll be back from, uh, you know, that's just my guess. Uh, I hope he's back. He, he's been my favorite golfer the last uh, 25 years. And I, I, I would golf will be uh, lacking significantly if he doesn't return. You know, it's interesting. A, a buddy of mine is a huge Tiger fan. And when Tiger won the Masters in 2019, um, after it was it was over and it was done and, and before Tiger did the, uh, you know, the championship speech, he texted me and said, you know, I, I think Tiger's back is a ticking time bomb. And I hope part of me just would love to see Tiger walk out, accept the trophy and say, I'm retiring and never play competitive golf again. And just to go out like this. Um, and, and I'm, you know, kind of adding a little bit to his text message there, but it was kind of his message. And at the time I was like, nah, you're crazy. I mean, the guy, he's going to be around. He's going to, he's going to break records after he's 50. He's going to, he's going to win a major after he's 50 potentially. I mean, he's got the, the ability to do things we haven't seen before as he gets up into his older years, but you know, what he has going on is relatively serious, but I still think we'll see him back. Scott, do you think he'll be back this year? Nope. Well, I'll be back this year. Sure, he'll play some. I, you know, Coma started working with him back in 2014. Obviously, Coma and I have been best friends for a long time. And I went down there just, you know, not part of the entourage or anything like that, but just to kind of support Como and just to see the whole ordeal. 2014 was when I first created Decade. And so it was just a unique opportunity to kind of go and see inside the, the ropes a little bit, if you will, or behind the lens. And even then I watched Tiger working out the morning before the first round 
and I texted Cohen, like, the dude can barely even get up. Like, you know how when you're kind of an achy, creaky old man like me, you don't just pop up and you kind of roll over onto your feet first or onto your knee and then you slowly work your way up. Like, that's what he was doing. And I texted Cohen, like, dude, he's hurt. And he's like, no, he tells me he's great. I'm like, I don't care what he tells you. That mm. guy can't move. And, you know, sure enough, obviously he wasn't good. And once you start fusing discs together, then the next disc starts taking the brunt of the injury. And, you know, obviously the SEAL training is probably a bad idea. I think it's short-sighted to constantly critique his workout regimen too much because it's also part of what made him so great mentally. Like, I just think he's done. And, and you could see it even, you know, in the tournaments last year, I was just like, this guy can't move. I mean, you can just see him gingerly and, I do. I'm honestly, I'm even surprised right now that he had another microdiscectomy and he hasn't come out with like, I'm kind of, kind of struggling here because he's, he's not going to win 10 more majors. He might win another one or two pie in the sky, but he could totally destroy the last 40 years of his life by putting himself into a situation where he's got back pain and he won't ever be able to go walk and watch Charlie play and, there's just, there's more to life. And I think he's, you know, he's been through enough in his life to see, well, I kind of got a lot of good years left in me of life. I'd yeah. like to, I'd like to live them. And I don't think that it'll take that much for him to just finally say, I can't be who I was and I don't want to be this guy. I'm kind of done. Okay. I, I, interesting. Do we know what caused his back issues? I'm not, I, I, I love watching Tiger play, but I'm not exactly got posters of him on my wall. I'm, I'm happy that he's in golf and he's great, but like, what, what do we know the actual reasons why he's had back issues? Because obviously the, the doubters like to say, you know, that you shouldn't be working out in golf and that we should all have knitted sweaters and flat caps and flaps on our shoes still. Um, do we know why he's back? I don't I mean I don't think so but obviously you're you know your instruction background you could probably say more about it than us but obviously the guy's got a lot of speed he uses a lot of force down and up and I as, as I've said before I, I think that what Bryson has done is is just get faster with just pure strength whereas Tiger was always so lower body rotary ahead of the, the upper body that just puts the spine in a weird in a position. It's not necessarily designed to go. Um, and it's certainly not designed to do that 27 million times over the course of your life. It's just interesting because golf is, you know, not that I would consider golf one of the major sports, but it is one of the five major sports kind of, and you know, you just didn't get the big athlete playing golf back in the day. And now you do. And golf's just not, it's, it's looked at as, and non-contact and thus non-injury sport. But I remember playing golf with Harrison Frazier one time when he was about to kind of call it quits for hip surgery. And we were asking him kind of the question, like, what do you think happened? He's like, well, I've taken a metal stick and I've hit it into the ground as hard as I possibly can 20 million times in only one direction. Like, yeah, it's, it's a really bad sport. And so while we're not hurting each other, we're darn sure hurting ourselves. And so Tiger just wear and tear, jumping in and out of helicopters, apparently running. Right, yeah, that's probably not going to do him any favors, is it? Running is the big problem, I think. Like, I, I've never had really any knee, hip, back problems, um, and, and I hate running. I don't think that's, yeah. uh, I don't think that's <laughs> I a coincidence. Was, I was just about to say, I've been really lucky. I've had no running. Uh, yeah, I've had zero <laughs> running in my life, so I'm pretty good to go. Lou, do you know anything more? You you don't know what is is what do you equate his back injuries to? Just pure speculation here. Like yeah. you, you read a lot. 
I'm not sure I would be able to pinpoint. I don't know if anybody would be able to pinpoint the exact cause of the injury. You know, there, there's a um, a conversation coming up that I'm I'm looking forward to. There's a guy on on Twitter, Mike Carroll, fit for golf. Yeah, Anyone and follows him on Twitter. Well, he has a, a podcast as well, and and he's going to be having Brandel apparently on his podcast talking about this very topic. They had an exchange back and forth. I think it was yesterday, and um, and Brandel, he's in the camp of you know restricting your swing uh, leads to more injury, or you're likely to have more injury by restricting your lower body as uh, you know players were taught starting in the eighties, whenever that changeover in swing thought yeah, yeah. was mid eighties, late eighties, restrict, keep the left heel on the ground and Brandles of the belief. And he's posted about it a, a number of times where that, that just, it's not a, it's not a method to ma- maintain an injury free body. So they're going to have a conversation. I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, Mike is a pretty knowledgeable guy. Fitness is obviously his specialty. So I'm really curious to, to hear that. I've read a little bit of the studies around that. And I think working out is certainly for injury pre- prevention is, is, you know, far more beneficial than not working out. Um, I, I think maybe some of the workouts Tiger did potentially could, could have caused issue. Uh, but I don't know enough to, to necessarily say that I'd, I'd look to, you know, guys like Mike Carroll to help us understand that a little bit better as to, you know, what, what may have caused, but as far as, you know, the, the thought of restricting the lower body from my layperson's point of view and, and from my own experiences that has made a huge difference in my swing. I, I restricted the lower body, kept the left heel on the ground. And over the last, uh, since I started speed training, I've changed that significantly where now like Bryson, I do a drill where, where I'm actually spinning out and keeping my left heel on the ground and spinning, you know, my, 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 my left toes, the you know, front part of my foot, I spin that around when I, on my follow through and when speed training and when hitting a lot of golf balls, you know, the, the soreness that I would get in my shin and my left leg is gone, is gone away completely. I know it's anecdotal, but uh, you know, Mark, from your perspective, as a teacher, I have to imagine it's significantly less stress on the body to lift the left heel and then spin out coming through. Yeah, but I mean, it, it would be less stress as a generalized term, but you've got to remember people have very different mobilities and um, not mobilities in different parts of their body. Some people that will put a stress on their left ankle, left hip, and others it won't, subject to many other life factors. And I think that's the thing with Tiger, because it's all speculation. I asked the question knowing that no one really knows because it's it's his whole life. It's his... It's, it's everything he's done will equate to a body doing what it's doing. And I think as speed becomes more of a focus for tour pros as it is now, will do just continuously go forward because of the knowledge we've got of the advantages of trying to be longer than the person you're competing against. We'll learn more and more of the patterns. Oh, you're that kind of human. You need to try and make sure you move like that. Oh, you're that kind of human. Okay. We might want to think if you want longevity in this career, we might want to think of getting the speed this way we're in infancy of those things which is why i always think it's quite interesting that people have definite opinions on them they're only going to get burned down because that is so evolving as time goes on um so let's move it on then to the let's talk majors if we don't sure if tiger's going to play or where are the majors this year scott i think you've got the list of where they all are this year 
So the first major is at Augusta, quite obviously. And then we've got Kiowa for the PGA, Torrey Pines for the U.S. Open, and then Royal St. George's for the British Open. Cool. Well, let's, we'll do some predictions for all of them. Let's just talk through them a little bit at the start. I mean, Torrey Pines, just to kick off there, I want to go back to the Masters, but I just want to say Torrey Pines, Tiger Woods, Torrey Pines, Tiger Woods. Oh, <laughs> he wanted on a broken, bat, broken leg last time. Yeah. Viewing, viewing my figures, we all know what the business people in golf want to happen. So let's go back to the Masters then. It's going to be quite funny having a Masters straight after a Masters, isn't it? Like, and if, Who's your prediction for the Masters? If anyone says DJ, then... Like are we cla- we are classing that as back to back majors and masters, I guess. Are we uh, predictions for the masters? Who wants to go first? I'll go back to where I I think Bryson went wrong at the last one was because he didn't have the forty eight inch ready to go. He was trying way too hard, in my opinion, up until the day before hitting hundred and fifty drivers, literally changing the head and shaft combination every single time. He clearly in, you know, was essentially playing the best in the world. You could throw that blanket over three to five players at any given time, who, regardless of who's number one, but going into it, there was just, he's just, he's a young guy still. He's, he's a good guy, but he's definitely a, a touch out there to a certain extent. And I don't know that he handled it necessarily the best, but it was a good learning experience for him. He's definitely learned that if he drinks seven protein shakes a day, it's going to give him the run. So <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not that's not a good thing when you're trying to swing a 48-inch driver 150 miles an hour. So that thing in the back of your head's not good. So let's hope he's tidied that up a little bit. And I think Bryson is, you know, again, right to left. That's his ball flight with that driver. DJ did just win. Obviously, he's going to be tough to uh, tough to beat, at, you know, anywhere. But I'm I'm going to go right back on Bryson. I'm going to say like that maybe it. instead of going 48 inch, maybe they meet in the middle with how I'm doing 47 inch to get started, and then hammers that thing around all the corners. So yeah, cool, Bryson, Scott, and Lou. Who's your pick? Well, that's a that is a tough one. It, it would be. Well, they're all tough ones. Yeah, because <laughs> one. I've done this every year on my YouTube channel. We don't Do you get really any? get many. One Have you gotten year, any right? Got, yeah, one year we, me or Matt or both, I can't remember. We got three out of four right. One of oh, us. Oh wow, did. that's yeah. pretty good. Did you did you put any bets down on those? No, you, I'm not. I'm not a betting guy. Uh, well, I, I, I play craps in Vegas, but I, I'm not betting on sports stuff. That's that's me done there. So yeah, go on. And who have you got for the Masters? For the Masters, I would go. I'm gonna I'm gonna give two names. Uh, oh. I would go with. Um, do I have to pick just one? Is that the rule? Nah, he's, 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 he heard dice oh, game, so he's man. trying to cover. He's trying to cover the six and the eight. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. All right. If I have to pick <laughs> one, I am gonna go with. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and, and go with Tony Finau. Mm. Ooh. Tony Finau. No, I want, who's your second one then? Who's your second one? <laughs> my second one would be JT. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. interesting. So my pick for the Masters then, I'm going to go Rory because he's going to have a good first round. Rory wins the Masters every year. He just shoots 80 in the first round. Everyone knows that, don't they? He wins every year. <laughs> every he once has- in a while, he shoots 80 in the final round. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I'm going to go Rory McIlroy. He's going to he's he's going to do it this year, and he that's his grand slam, which I think the golf world want in wants him to have. Um, so I think Rory's going to win. And if it's not Rory, do you want to know who my second is? Who's your second? 
Well, I've got I've got second and third. Either Larry Mize or Bernard Langer, I reckon. What? <laughs> well, their experience, their experience is off the charts. What are the What are the odds? It's that who was it? Sandy Lyle that wore the suspenders this year? Yeah, well, yeah. November. Yeah, that's uh, a good look. Yeah. Good old. Sandy. I wonder if Vegas is going to lay odds if he's going to have suspenders on. Yeah, Cross Crossfield's just trying to set the set the lines for me so I can feed another hundred thousand people off of Twitter bets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so what's the second major? I get mixed up with the order now. It's the USPGA. It's the USPGA, isn't it? And that is at Kiowa. Kiowa. Have you guys played there or not? I, I have not. I've had a couple of buddies play there that said it's just unbelievable. Yeah, I've had a I've got a friend who I film with Rory from Your Golf Travel who's played there and he says it's just ridiculously brutal, like so brutal. So I guess at Kiowa we've got the chance of wind blowing, haven't we? We've got the chance of a link style course. Cause I remember the um I know the course has changed since then, but I remember the rider watching the Ryder Cup there, as in on telly. Um, and it was again ridiculously brutal. I think that was that was one of the few years we lost. But we'll come to the Ryder Cup. Let's not get let's not let's not get hung up with Ryder Cup victories. Um, USPGA, who's your call? Scott, hit me. No, Lou has to go first. Oh, oh go I get to go Lou. first on this one. Go um, on, in, Lou. Yeah, that, that's a that's again. It's a tough. All of these are tough, right? We're we're just um, we're just wishing at this point in time. And Tony Fina was definitely was a was a pick in my heart. I love that guy. Uh, I'm a huge fan. And so I want to see him break through and win one of those um, for the PGA. The weather is going to play a, a pretty big factor at Kiowa and whether the wind blows or not is going to completely change the dynamics on who's going to be, you know, in, in the running that week. Um, I'm going to go with past guest of the pod, Victor Ooh. Hovland. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Victor. I thought it was going to be Michael Breed. I was going to say we're all no, Breed. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Victor Hovland. Um, I'll go next then, Scott. Leave you till last. I'm going to go, if it's not Marty Jensen or Jertson from Ping, who always seems to play in the PGA every year, <laughs> yeah. I'm going yeah, to go Bryson. I reckon Bryson could win the PGA. I really? really? Yeah. Bryson, PGA, yeah, even if I the do. wind blows? Yeah, but what's that got to do with anything? Well, yeah. let me tell you because Bryson's my answer. So, yeah. what's the word? He's a good player and he's a good player. Like, I don't, I'm not seeing that. Bryson's going to be able to hammer that driver on the few holes that do have a little bit of width on them. And then he's going to be able to, and again, the math is the math always. You hit driver where you can hit driver. And, but there is a huge game theory, game situational ability to give up a little bit of, of, of value to, remove a little bit of big number variance. And when Bryson can go out there and roast that two iron 300. And the, the, the thing is, is you drive in your three wood, you hit them about the same degrees offline, but the irons with the flatter face, you do hit those materially straighter than your driver and your three wood. And so it's definitely conceivable to me. Again, it, it still wouldn't necessarily be the, the optimal way to go around the golf course, which I feel like I'm talking out of the side of my mouth here. Lou's probably like, what is this guy talking about? I thought he knew <laughs> <Yeah>. math. <laughs> I think you can give up a little bit of value to, to reduce a little bit of big number variance at a course like Kia. Uh, again, I'm going, I'm, I'm making the assumption that the weather is bad, that it's windy and that it's not, that it's not fun. 
And if you could just roast that thing around the golf course and just make a bunch of pars and do exactly what he did at winged foot. Again, he did it with the driver there, but he drove it so well is, is certainly part of the reason he won that golf tournament. I mean, he won by six. Yeah. He yeah. Kind of do the same thing at Kiowa. And I mean, his short game stats are off the spectrum. Good generally as well. And if you've got a linksy style, windy courses, you're going to have a lot of six foot putts is the general rule. When you get on those kind of courses, a lot of par saves, a lot of tricky chips or putting from off the green, that kind of stuff, which is what I grew up playing. It's just the style of golf that you play. If it is that kind of style of play, which I kind of get the feeling is it's runny, it's sandy, it's undulating. Like he can chip and putt anyone off the course. And if he's keeping it on play, he's got the distance to play them off the course as well. So I, I, uh, yeah. Well, and here in Dallas, he gets to play out at Trinity Forest, which is a traditional American link style golf course. Okay. <laughs> right, yeah. Fairways where you can run it up. Yeah. Yeah. Lou, why are you, what, what, why not Bryson? What's your thought? Are you thinking height or something? Cause they go further. Or what? I don't know. What are you thinking? <laughs> do you do first? Do we think Bryson is going to go on the record and say that for him, Kiowa is only a par 68? <laughs> No, I hope he's learned to not <laughs> say that. Lesson. Yeah, I don't think he'll. I don't think he'll do that. Um, I don't think he will. Um, I think he's got a chance at all four of them. Right, yeah. he's playing really well, um, and uh, the speed that he's gained and the distance that he now has, it's not going away, and that's a huge advantage. And and that's a, an advantage. Whatever golf course he plays at, that length is an advantage. So I, I think he has a, a fair shot in all four of these majors. I think by the end of the year, he's likely to win another major. I, I think that's that's pretty likely for him. So he yeah. has the ability to win it at all four of these. But my my pick, and I'm sticking with it, is Victor Hovland. Yeah, I like that. I like that. So then do we go on to the um, U.S. Open, I presume, do we? Where's that, Scott? Oh, no, Corey, is it the Open next or is it the US Open? US Open's just... in June, then the British is the last this now. Okay, yeah. So Tory Pines. Tory Pines, here we go then. Who's going to win round Tory Pines? I'm going to pick Tiger. Tiger's going to win. That's my pick. There wow, you go. that's a sentimental pick right there. That is that is the non-logical, fully sentimental pick. That, that is the sentimental pick right go there. Go on, Scott, you go second. Um so obviously I get in the, the architecture arguments on Twitter and people then ask me always, what do you consider great architecture? And I'm like, well, if you just want a hard golf course, like if that's what we're considering great architecture, which it's not, I understand that that's not, but that's how I view the question. When I look at a place like Tory or Beth page or just wherever it's like, it's just a really long, really straight golf course with bunkers that start at 270 and end at 320. Yeah. And there it is. Good luck. And every hole, it's the same thing, hole after hole after hole. And so being able to carry those bunkers that are 320 yards becomes a massive advantage. So a guy named Bryson DeChambeau, oh, yeah. I'm going, I told you I don't have anything interesting. I'm going with him. I got, I got a good one for the British, but okay. I, I really do. I mean, again, I just, I think that length is just such an advantage. And I really do believe that Bryson is going to have learned a lot from the debacle at Augusta. I really expect him to put a lot, to, to gain a lot from that and really, I mean, really blow some people away this year. I think it's going to be incredible. Yeah, okay. Um, Lou, predictions for the 
Tory Pines US Open? John Rahm. Oh, that is a good one with his Callaway bats, his new Callaway bats. How's he going to do that? Surely it takes months for him to adapt to the new equipment, doesn't it? How's, uh, how's he going to do that? He is a phenomenal player and he's going to win a... He's going to win a whole lot of tournaments in his career, and some of them will be majors, and and he's going to win a handful of these things. I think his career could be similar to Mickelson's by the time it's all done. Um, I I think he's a a good pick, you know, any week. Any any week he tees it up, he's got the chance to win. So I like him there. I think Bryson's a great pick in all four events, Um, but I'm going to go with Rom. Like it. I like it. So the last major then. So a couple of questions with the last major, actually. Or I got three questions. We got the winner, which we'll come to. Who do you think is going to win the Open? The first question is, do you guys still call it the British Open? Because I heard Scott's calling it the British Open there. I, I do, just to make you Euros mad. <laughs> no, because I, I actually, it's interesting you say that because I... We call the US, I know why they call it the Open, because it was the first one. So that's why they tried to brand it as the Open. But I mean, growing up, I always called it the British Open. That's what it used to, it kind of rebranded itself. It felt like to the Open. And I I personally do think it sounds a little arrogant, like the Open. It's like Uh, the Ohio State University. It's like, yeah. Well, so a question for you both then. Um, What do you want to win? I can wave my magic wand, the US Open or the Open? Scott, what do you want to win? I have said this and I stand by it. If you offered me a US Open, a PGA, and a British Open or one Masters, I would take the one Masters. And I know no, that's but, the dumbest no, thing. But, yeah, I get that. But I'm just saying US Open and Open. Oh. Yeah. yeah. You've got to pick the US Open or the Open. Which one? Just as an American, I'm intrigued as your answer. I think just the fact that it's a hard decision for me says enough. I would probably go British. Really? Okay. Claire Jug's pretty amazing, man. I mean, it's, yeah, there's very, I'm not a sentimental guy, as you may or may not have noticed, (laughs) but (laughs) the, the Claire Jug, the, the Stanley Cup, like, there's just a few things where it's like, man, there's not a whole lot of people who've won or held this thing or whatever. I'd probably have to go British. Okay. Well, maybe you should start calling it the Open then. (laughs) I mean, what's funny is I actually call it the British. So like if someone is just talking, I always just say the British. I don't say the British Open or the Open. I just call it the British. Yeah. Lou, what would you win? US Open or the Open if you had the choice? This is for me, for for my own personal self. Yeah, yeah. I I am not greedy. I I would settle with a club championship. I I have yet to win a club championship. The question is, which one means more in your mind? Oh, which one means more in my mind? Now, if you're going to put that on it, I'd I definitely would say neither one. I think they're the same. Okay, you okay? I like that. So you think they're the same? So that's what I was getting at. Which if one? If you say which one means more, I think they're the same. I thought yeah, you were talking so purely you, sentimental, personal. No, it might mean more. Like would mean more to you. To say, Lou, would you would you have a preferred? Um, I would say. More? Yeah, I would say in my mind, U.S. Open. I, I just grew up watching the U.S. Open and yeah, more than I did uh, the Open Championship. So uh, I, you know, U.S. Only because I'm from here. Yeah, absolutely. You see, I would pick the US Open purely because obviously not many, well, how many English winners of the US Open are there? So I think as a business model, it would be more profitable for me to win the US Open because it would be a little bit more different as an English golfer because you just haven't got many that win it. But I would go with Scott as well. They mean pretty much the same to me. I I don't see our Open as any more important than the US Open personally. So who is going to win? We're at St. George's, I think, are we, Scott, for the Open this year? We are, we are. 
Um, who's going to win? Who's your pick? Last winner there was Darren Clark in 2011. You remember who one of the runners-up was? I've got Phil Mickelson and Dustin Johnson and Dustin Thomas Fjord and Chad yeah. Campbell and Anthony Kim, Ricky Fowler, like Sergio. It's a pretty good leaderboard. Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't know anything about the golf course, but I'm going to assume that it's a pretty great golf course. Yeah, so... I've not played it, but I've played in that area, and it's a stunning stretch of coastal golf there from Prince's and Royal St. Port's right next door and St. George's all together. Amazing, of courses yeah i mean that's the crazy one that ben curtis won back in 03 yeah but even that. on that list you've got vj davis love tiger faldo sergio again um it's it's obviously a great place so i'll tell you what i'll go with somebody different i'll step out on a limb here besides just bryson and i'll go with oh i don't know dj <laughs> <laughs> he's so wow. risky i don't have the ability to check my brain out on this stuff i'm like well who's the best I'm probably well, he, that guy he was one of the runners up or certainly close to darren when he won i think he hit it out of bounds on 16 it's a hole i don't don't quote me on that if it's 15 or 14 i'm pretty sure it's 16 he hit blitzed it right out of bounds and i've played the course neighboring that hole uh princes and everyone always says that that's that's the whole dj lost the open on um so hopefully he'll have a slightly better um attack of that hole this time is he if he is in contention lou who's going to be your pick for the open you know i i think this one is going to see an unlikely Ooh. winner maybe a, a a first time really? major champion like that isn't near the top okay um i like uh, this <laughs> i like where you're going with this um yeah, I I think uh, I'm going to go with Corey Connors. Oh, okay. Corey Connors. Oh, okay, I, love, I like. We that. should put. I'm going out on. A, I don't go with the uh, you know the players that have been ranked top five for the last decade like yeah, Scott. Yeah, does. Again, when going you guys, on, when you guys ask me if I want to do this these. episode, I'm like, I don't have anything interesting to say. Yeah. So. I also like Rory. I think Rory's going to do uh, do well at that course. I, I like Rory for this one, but I'm going to go out on a limb and and go with Corey Connors here. He's a phenomenal ball striker. He's like one of the best ball strikers on the planet. So, What's his club uh, head speed like with driver his... again? Corey? Yeah. 114, 115 okay. ish. Okay. I was just curious. I couldn't remember if he hit it He hits it long enough. I just couldn't remember if he hit it hard or not. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So my pick then for the open at St. George's, um, I'm going to go John Ram. And I'm not just saying that. I, I think, you know, he's won the Irish before he can play that style of golf. I think John Ram's a good call. And if it's not John, John Ram, I reckon Justin Rose might win it. Oh, Justin Rose. You know? He's getting a little long in the tooth. No, though. no, no. Justin Rose has got more than enough game. And if you follow him on Instagram, he's getting fitter and fitter every second. Uh, he's got He's got another major in him. Easily. And he's a, he got he got away from those uh, Hanma clubs, right? Yes, was, I don't know what happened yeah, there, so. but yeah, that was all a bit of a mess, wasn't it? I was just looking at the scorecard. Where is he in the Ryder Cup ranking? Oh, that's a good question because we're going to go on I to the Ryder see his Cup. Name. He's 39th. How's that possible? Yeah, well, I guess he hasn't been doing enough, has he? Basically, I mean, did he play much in 2020 because Apparently of the pandemic not. and stuff? Was he actually? Because obviously that's the big problem, actually. It'd be very interesting. I've not really looked into that. And you raise a good point. The European tour continued in Europe and a lot in the UK during 2020. But lots of the big names didn't play. There was lots of smaller named fields because they just weren't going to come over and travel and what have you because 
they were you know scared for their health um sure. so that surely is going to affect our rankings have you got our rankings in front of you i do Come on, who are our names? So we're going to go on to Justin. The... Justin Rose is right behind Guido Migliosi. Yeah, Italian. From He's Italy. a good player. Your, your top 10 right now are Fleetwood, Rom, Rory, Victor Perez, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Burned Weisberger, yeah. Terrell Hatton, Danny Willett, Lee Westwood, Marcus Kinholt. I'm assuming I'm saying that wrong. Um, that's the top 10. And then we've got Matthias Schwab, little Bob the Lefty McIntyre. Um, and then a bunch that Paul Waring, Mike Lorenzo Vera, yeah, Benjamin Aber. Yeah. Okay, so let's we, let's go on to the Ryder Cup. There, that list has not filled me hey, with the most. Confidence. Before we go on to the Ryder Cup, I would like to note that the major champion slayer of the last few years—well, not last year—but um, none of us, none of us, we didn't even bring up his name, Brooks Kepka. Yeah, well, is is he still playing? <laughs> 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 his name's not his name's not Deschambeau, so why would we? Yeah. Well, what has happened to what is Brooks doing? That's, that's mine's an off the cuff remark there because I know he's fantastic, but like, what what is he doing at the minute? Is he competing or not? Brooks? Well, I think he's fully. Re I read recently that he's uh, you know fully recovered from his injury from his knee problem. Yeah, and if, if he's back and he's healthy, uh, you know he's he's a phenomenal player, right? Yeah, he can, he can compete every week out there so it'll be interesting to see um how much if he is truly 100 percent from that injury but well, he's gonna he's uh, he's always going to be in the mix yeah last year he played 13 events okay. finished 104 in the standings is he had a second at uh, the wgc in memphis and aside from that his only other top 25 was uh was harbortown right everything else he, he only made eight of 13 cuts like yeah i didn't realize he played yeah yeah well, what, last, last year was a funny year for many reasons but certainly yeah, absolutely so let's finish on the Ryder cup then little prediction for the Ryder cup have you have you got your team up there so far obviously it's got time to change have you got the american I do, team? I do. On, hit me with these massive names come on <laughs> i mean it's not looking good for you yeah. <laughs> your top 10 are good but dj bryson justin thomas colin morikawa brooks xander webb simpson harris english Patrick Reed, Tony Finau. Those are the 10. Yeah. And then from there, you've got Daniel Berger, Matthew Wolf, Patrick Cantlay, Kisner. Mm. I mean, but I mean, to be, it can be fair to. Your top 10 looks. Good, yeah, it can be fair to say that lots of years we go into the Ryder Cup and I would say you guys look stronger on paper constantly is a is a theme. And that might not be fair. I don't study it that closely, but definitely I can think of many Ryder Cups going in of the recent years where I would, you know, the American players are just bigger stars globally as a generalized rule. Um, you know, they just are because the tour is probably the most watched like you guys must go in feeling like you are favorites more often than not. Do you not? Well, I, I, I know I do. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think so. But both, both teams are extremely talented. These are some yeah. extraordinary players on both sides. And when you get them together, um, yes, the European team ha has been on a bit of a run the last, you know, whatever oh, couple decades, a bit of a run, a bit of a run. <laughs> um, 
bit of a run. Uh, but if I flip a quarter 10 times, uh, heads might come up eight times, right? It, it, it's going to happen. There's going to be some years where the lesser talented European team, which they are, will beat the more talented <laughs> United States team, <laughs> which they are. Um, yeah, what happens, I've got a euro in front of me, and every time I flip it, it seems to come up euro. I don't know, how's that working? Uh, I mean, out of the last 11 Ryder Cups, um, wait, one, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Out of the last 10 Ryder Cups, the US has won two of them. And so wow. kind of what Lou was saying there, and what I try to ex- explain to people is, a 60-40 edge, like in golf, a 60-40 edge, like you're just not going to have much more than that. You get a, a Tiger number one versus number 64, the edge gets bigger. But, and I mean, just nobody's got a huge edge over anyone. And for a coin flipping contest to come down seven to three, it's just, it's not interesting. Now, how it gets there can be because we've had some leads or not. I mean, whatever. But, you know, the years that we won, we've won by... 16 and a half to 11 and a half and 17 to 11. Now you guys have dusted us, but the ones in the middle, 14 and a half, 13 and a half, 14 yeah, and a half, there was a run that was so close, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, you guys have won one, two. How many in the last X amount of years has Europe you, you've won? won four, you, you've won four of the last 12, 14 and a half to 13 and a half. How many have we won of the last 12, just one? Not The last 12, you've won nine of the last 12. So that's 24 years of... Ryder Cups. Oh, wowzers. We are good, aren't we? <laughs> Nine <laughs> of 12. Scott not, hates this. It's not exciting. No, I, don't, I, could, you, I couldn't care less. I'm over here just looking at how, how few you, you, you've won more in the last, uh, well, shoot, you've won more in the last five years than you did in the first hundred. Yeah, so well, that was really congrats on fair. that. that was, it wasn't a fair game then because it was not even Europe. We had to change the rules so we could win a bit. <laughs> Yeah, you guys. I guarantee you're going to introduce uh, Norway <laughs> into the mix before too long. There you go. So I'm going to pick for the Ryder Cup. I am going to pick Team Europe because I just have to. I guess you guys are going to pick Team USA, are you? I would have thought it's a lot closer than that. And I still like your top ten. I think yeah, you get pretty dicey after that. You need to have a few guys. It would be nice to get a couple of seasoned guys up in there. What will we two wild picks, or is it four at the minute? Are we two? I think. I mean, we're going to put Justin Rose. You're going to get Garcia in there, or Ian Poulter if he's not already up there. Those those boys just collect points for for fun. It's like just easy for point fun. collect. <laughs> Come on. Uh, <laughs> I said that. How it works. <laughs> It seems to be how it's worked for the last 24 years. <laughs> uh, the picks are it. always interesting. So it's going to be, uh, it'll, it, I, I'm curious to see Tiger right now is in 20th place. Uh, he's not going to be playing. He won't be picked. For, uh, he, his record, he might is not his be. record not really poor in the Ryder Cup? I, I don't. He can't walk 36 holes. I can guarantee you. Yeah, that. he ain't getting. He'll be there holding hands, but he won't. He ain't getting picked, is he? Unless obviously he does crazy stuff. But I mean, never say never with Tiger is one of the rules, isn't it? 
by then, do you think we'll have a a full contingent of fans? Well, at the that was going to be then? my other question. And joking aside, and I hope everyone's keeping safe and doing the right things and all the rest of it, because we're in in England at the moment. We're in a full lockdown. Um, I am not sure that the Open will actually happen this year. And if it does, I'll be shocked. Really? If there are patrons, or not called patrons, if there's spectators on it. Uh, but who knows? Who knows? It's honestly what's going on over here in the UK at the minute is we, the bit, the truth is we don't know what is going to happen. So I hope it's on and I hope it's safe to be on. And even better if we get spectators, because where is the Ryder Cup this year? It, uh, it's whistling straights. Whistling straight. Yeah. So uh, in theory, the Ryder Cup will happen this year because the PGA Tour is steamrolling forwards, isn't it? It's just happening. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I'm. It would be. Fifth. I wouldn't put money on the Open being on yet. I wouldn't bet against it, but I certainly wouldn't bet for it either. I would abstain at the moment. So I hope it is. I would think that with the European tour playing and with the success, I mean, the PJ tour has done a great job overall with, with pulling it off and not having a lot of people catch it. Um, the players from the conversations I've had with them, everybody's doing a good job of actually staying in, you know, you see NBA players and everyone out at parties and maskless and everything. The PJ tour players, it seems like they've done a good job of really respecting the rules and they want to play like guys it's up to you you don't if you don't do this we're not going to make money this year so and i think that that'll trickle into the european tour now what would be weird is a Ryder cup without fans that would be really intriguing really really interesting absolutely that will be a big question the masters has already stated that it's planning to try and have some patrons in isn't it i think they've posted a statement saying that they are planning to have some patrons in, which obviously would obviously add amazing color and atmosphere to the first major. Well, there we go. There's our picks, and I'm, none of them are going to be right. And then we'll all look stupid come <laughs> the end of this when we review this. But I've had fun doing it. Always fun. Absolutely. There we go. Yeah, thank you. Let's uh, let us know down in the reviews below who your picks are for the four majors, or you can hit us up on our social channels. As always, thanks for listening. Remember, leave a review if you love the podcast, and we'll catch you in the next pod.